And please, will you give it up for Jason Rafferty this morning? Come on, Jay. Amen. So, Father, we just ask, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, release your fire through Jay this morning. Father, release the fire of God, Father, that your word, Father God, would set out to accomplish what you've put in this man's heart, Father, to be released into the body this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's have it. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if we could have lights. It would be a light. Um, just, yeah. I think I need glasses. Keep saying I don't. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I consider this the greatest honour, and I don't just say that lightly, um, to speak the very words of God over his people. And um, it's a privilege and an honour. And uh, I think it's actually the greatest honour in the whole world that could ever be given to anybody. It's that God himself, the creator of everything, would allow us to speak his words through our mouths. And um, so, Father, we just thank you for today, O oh God. I thank you for every person here, O oh God. Father, I just pray, Lord God, for such a storing within us all, O oh God. Father, I pray for an awakening, Lord, within us, Father, what needs to be awoken, O oh God, what you have planted, what you have birthed in each one of us, O oh God. I pray that our ears will be open to hear what you're saying, O oh God, what your spirit is saying, Father, to the church, Lord. And I pray the eyes of our hearts be open this day. In Jesus' name, amen. And the message I have today is that God has a plan. God has a plan. He has a plan regardless of all these circumstances we're in, regardless of where we've been, regardless of where we're at. God has a plan. And he has it for each one of us. And where I'm going to start is Psalm 137. And this is when Israel was brought into exile. They were brought into Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. And in Psalm 137 it says, we probably know it was a familiar song, By the Rivers of Babylon. It was a very familiar song at Christmas time years ago. It was played all the time. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There, there on the pollards we hung our harps. For there our captives asked us for songs. Their tormentors demanded songs of, us, of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord when we are in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skills. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And this shows you God's heart for Israel, for Jerusalem. But as Jimmy said, God doesn't change. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Israel were in this place, they were in exile. They were away from their homeland. They were away from the place of worship. They were away from the place where they, were, we, they sought God, where they worshipped God. So they were far off. But at that time, there was a prophet, and his name was Jeremiah. And there was loads of other prophets at that time, but they were all speaking lies. They were saying, everything is going to be fine. Everything is grand. This is going to happen in two years. That's going to happen. This is going to happen. But they were all speaking lies. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and he sent someone else with the word. And this is the word he said. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And God was decreeing over them, declaring over them, I have a plan. Yet you're in these circumstances. Yet you're far off. Yet you're being tormented. Yet you have no song. I'd say they were in a desperate place. They were at the rivers of Babylon. And I said, any time they thought of Zion, they wept. I can only think of the anguish they were probably feeling. If only if I was back in that place. If only I was like what we were talking about, the, the intimate place. Like for them, that was an intimate place with God. It was a place where they were close to Him. It was a place where they related to Him. It was the way the whole system of worship was set up, which was in Jerusalem, in the temple. So as I said, God has a plan. And God fulfilled his purpose to them at that time. He brought them back. Because God always fulfills his purpose. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's an example of that before even the foundations of the earth, before we were born, that God had a plan for each one of us. He set apart Jeremiah for a specific purpose to which was to bring his words to God's people. And God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Every single one of us. He has ordained your steps, the Bible says. The steps of the righteous are ordered of God. There's no coincidence you're here today. God has put things in each one of us by his Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And God put gifts within you. He puts talents within you. He has called you by name. Each one of us, none of us is excluded from that. That God has called you. You'll just have to bear with me for a sec. Sorry about this. 
apologies. Ephesians 1. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Jimmy read out earlier. To be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. And in verse 11 it says, In him we, also cho- we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And sometimes, guys, when you're walking the Christian walk, whether you're a week in the door, whether you're 10 years or 20 years, Jesus said, he says, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, don't worry, I've overcome the world. I'm the safe place in the world. I am. And I think of, the Lord has often spoke to me about Joseph's life. Joseph had a dream. And probably most of us will be familiar with the story of Joseph. There's been plays done about it. Um, probably even in schools, when we were in school, when we were younger. And his, his coat of many colours. And, and then his brothers. But the situations he ended up in, he ended up in a pit. He ended up in a prison. He ended up getting sold by his own brothers. Can you imagine the hurt, the rejection, the pain? And yet God had given him this dream. God had given him, all of these are going to be bound down before you. And yet, he ended up in all these situations. But God never left him. No matter what he was in, God never left him. Like that song they were ta- uh, Erica was talking about earlier. Whether he was on the mountain or whether he was in the valley, God was with him. God was shaping him. God was molding him. God was breaking him. And then he put him into his position. And I think that's like sometimes for us all. We can go through valleys. We can go through... We can be on the mountain... But I do believe this is one of the keys of when we're going through all that times is to praise Him. A million percent. I've had most of my breakthroughs in my walk in God where I've been going through most of my toughest times. Where I was going through a valley and I felt, I'm being honest here, I could hardly put my hand up. It was nearly like I had to shove one arm up with the other one. Because I felt so down in the depths. And the minute I'd done it, something broke. The Spirit of God. Boom! Because I'm worshipping Him. I'm honouring Him. I'm glorifying Him. I'm magnifying Him. Because it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. I think of my own life over 24 years ago. I was a chronic drug addict. I was a broken young man. I came from a home where my father was an alcoholic. He was in addiction. 
I came from a dark home. And that's not, I love my family to bits. But we were in darkness. We were separated from God. We were in sin. <laughs> my daughter's waving at me out the window. But um, we were lost. We were without hope. We were broken. Over 24 years ago, I tried everything to change my life. And I mean tried everything in my own strength. Tried Pier Street, methadone program, Cherry Orchard, doctors, moving to Ballyfair, moving to Cork, moving to Newbridge. But no matter where I went, I'd bring myself with me. And my, I was the problem. Like Paul the Apostle, he says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. It's no longer me doing it, but the sin that lives in me. Who will save me from this body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's why we're all here, guys. We're not sit- the reason we're all sitting here today is because of Jesus. He hung on the cross for your sin. He paid the price in full. I used to ask the Lord questions when real tough times, like why this, why that? And the Lord says to me, on numerous of times, were you there when they crucified my son? And I just said, Lord, I just start thanking him. I just start thanking him for the cross. But, guys, the grace of God, the mercy of God, my whole family's nearly saved. Loads of relations and things. We can't comprehend it. I, I went to Barcelona a few years ago. And I was saying, I said it to Neve at the time, um, this, which is my wife. I said, I want to go see Messi. The, he's the best footballer in the world. Or one of them. I think he's the best. <laughs> but anyway... We got there, and I was affected in my spirit. He scored a goal, and they all start worshiping him. Now I'm being bound down like worship, and I was grieved, and I was disturbed, and I felt it just, it, 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 I didn't enjoy the thing. I'm being honest. And the Lord spoke to me. He must—I don't know his words—five hundred million. I don't know how much he's worth. He's worth a lot of money. But the Lord spoke to me and he says, what good is it if a man would gain the whole world and lose his soul? And I realized there's times, specific times God has spoken to me. And it's like, and this is a thought I had as well during the week. I've seen glasses. Well, I felt the Lord saying, we need to see through heaven's eyes. We need to see, you know, what we do in Christ and who we're preaching. There's no money in the whole world that can buy a man's soul. Only Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. And... Oh, this is what I felt the Lord saying as well. It's in Isaiah 61, verse 4. It's part of, if you want to say, the commission of the church, or us as God's people, 
We are the church. He says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I think of the people outside of these walls, whether that's on the street, up in Thomas Street, Mead Street, Dolphins Barn, the city centre, wherever it may be, that we're called as a church to reach people with the gospel. We're called, and we all have a different, it's like one big jigsaw. We're all different parts, but we all come together. Whether that's giving someone a cup of tea, whether that's smiling at someone when they're coming in the door, whether that's giving someone a handshake, a hug, whether that's coming up here and preaching, whether that's sharing your testimony downstairs, whether that's going out on the street and praying with the sick, whatever that may be, it's all significant. I remember Philip, he's here today. I was working in Gefresh. Back then, it was a fruit and veg shop up in Sundrive. And before that, I was, I was, it was about seven or eight years I think, yeah, it, I was off drink, I was off drugs, I was going to 12-step meetings. And it was radical. Like, you know, I was going to the meetings and you know, just that's the way I was. And Philip walked up, he was, he was going to Rialto at the time. We, were, we started out in Rialto. And he didn't say anything to me, just walked by. And I seen the glory of God on him. I didn't need anyone to tell me didn't need anyone to give me a revelation of it. The Lord himself revealed himself to me. And I seen a freedom on him. And I was like, a witness to me without him even saying that. And yeah, I was like, I'm going to that church. You know? As I said, I was a long time off drinking drugs and things, but I was still very broken. And I hadn't even scratched the surface. And I was seven or eight years off everything. Cigarettes, drink, drugs, the whole lot. But all it took was for one person to be in communion with God. In relationship with him. And yet the light of the world was shining through him. So, guys... It's not always even about... It's about just being in relationship. I don't mean that just. It's everything. Because naturally it'll become supernatural. Because you're connected to him. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Remain in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. And it's a good thing to recognize and realize that you can do nothing. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. You know, because you realize then you're not dependent on yourself, but you're dependent on him. What the key is, is to surrender your life to him by the grace of God and by the spirit of God. So it's no longer dependent on you. It's dependent on him. And as I was prepared and I had this vision and it was of Africa. 
I'm getting emotional now. We're seeing all these little kids crying. Crying out. And I was like saying, and I know we are in Africa. But I just pray that God, and I believe the Lord's going to release something on the, on the body. Yeah, I know there's many people have went. But it was like God is going to store something. That's the sense I'm getting. God is going to store something. It was like, remember that Paul had the vision of the man in Macedonia. And he said, there's people over here crying out for help. And I've seen all these little kids and they had all little burka things on them and all these other, there were loads of them. And to be honest, even myself, over 10 years ago, we were in this, I think it was 10 years ago. It was a good few years ago. And at the time I wasn't married. I remember the night very well. We had an intimate night with God. We had, we had worship. And I had my diary, like, book like this. And the Lord spoke to me, says, at the time, he says, you're going to have a son. And he says, you're going to go to Africa. Right? So I wrote it down. You know? I have a son and a daughter. <laughs> I have two daughters. I have a daughter nearly 20, but I have a daughter now, she's 20, 20, just over 20 months. But God is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to what he has spoken over your life. You know? It's like Joseph. As I said, sometimes we can get muddled. God says a number of things to us. And we think it's going to happen next week or next month or next year. And before you know it, you're getting frustrated. I remember Benita Boynham singing a song. She says, I don't mind waiting. She says, I'm not waiting on God. I'm waiting in God. What a revelation. See, sometimes we think we want, we want to be in the next field where God has us in this field. And we're not content within ourselves. But God is working things out and molding us and shaping us. What I felt the Lord saying was that he wants us to have an ear to hear. He wants us to have an ear to hear. It's in Revelations 2.29. He says, whoever has ears, we all have ears. <laughs> Unless there's someone here with no ear, we can, we can pray for you. But Jesus put an ear back on someone when it was cut off. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In the New Living Translation, he says, anyone who with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit, and understand what He is saying to the churches. And I read, this came to me as well. It was Revelation 3.20. And that was Jesus. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come into him and soup with him and him with me. And that's something I've been praying, being honest, over the last while. That that I will have clear understanding of what the Lord is saying to me. When he's given me a vision, 
or he's shown me things. And if I haven't got it, I just say, Lord, I'm just letting that go. I want clear understanding. Not listening to him or them or them. Lord, what are you saying to me? You know, to each one of us, what is God saying to each one of us? What has God said to you? Only the last few days, the Lord told me to do two things. Not, not huge things. One thing, and the Lord has got me to do this before. But I had a dream. Um, I won't even, it was a family, it was a distant family member that was on my father's side. And I had a dream of my father's sister's husband who was struggling with unforgiveness. So in any way, I knew when the Lord had spoke to me like that before, I went and I went over to, to, to I haven't, we haven't spoke because there was a bit of damage done there with my dad and, and, and her through the years, so the relationship was broken. But God is about restoring things. So in any way, I went to our house and she told me about her husband, actually. He wasn't well. He had something wrong with his heart. And I believe it was probably down to holding unforgiveness. But in any ways, I got to pray with my aunt and all. You know? And um, I think there's a continuing of it. I didn't get to pray with Tony's name is. And... But it's a simple thing like that. God could speak to you about someone in your family, in your community, and say, listen, I want you to go to them and I want you to say this. Or I want you to go and give that person 20 euro. Or I want you to do whatever. And I want you to go to that place and pray over it. I want you to go to that community. I want you to set up a youth club. I want you to go out on the streets and start preaching. I want to, whatever it may be. And it's like something within me a lot of the time. If I don't do it, it's nearly like I'm disturbed till I do it. That's the way I can explain it. It's nearly like I, I, I'm uncomfortable until I go and do what the Lord is telling me to do. I, it's like I've no peace then. I go, right, I have to go and do this. <laughs> you know? So, um, but it's good. And when you go and do it, I've seen the Lord doing stuff that's like, it's a privilege and an honor to, to go and do what he's asking me to do. You know, because guys are in heaven now because of being obedient to the Lord. And I believe this, is gonna, this scripture will challenge us all in a good way. And it's in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. He said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Number one, humble yourself. Pray. Seek my face. Torn from your, from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I was thinking about this. This is something that God has spoken to me about through the years. We're part of a prayer team in the church. And in general, in seeking God and going after him. I remember reading this before. 
I'm saying if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, laying your life down. And I believe this can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you come into agreement with the Lord himself and he empowers you to live this life. Because you can't do it in your own strength. Yet we will wrestle with God sometimes. And I have. But God's love and grace and mercy. Who you said earlier. His love and kindness draws us to repentance. And when he brings us on that beautiful road with him. But to seek, to pray, to seek his face. To turn from your wicked days, to lay your life down, to crucify the flesh. And I remember I was struggling. I was going through a season, good good while ago. I often still go through seasons. But a few years ago, I was battling with myself. And there was attitudes coming up, and there was this, and there was that, and there was the other. And no matter what, it was like, you know, there was something nailed down over here. And something would pop up over here. And I was like, ah, here. Like, this is ever ending, you know? And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, the circumcision that is done is done of the heart, but it's done by my spirit. And it gave me a great freedom to know. The Bible says, how do you put your flesh to death? By the spirit. So you're no longer living for yourself. We are living for him. You know? And it's all by grace, guys. None of us have it all together. We're all a work in progress. We layer, we come before the Lord. And sometimes we might need to get on our knees and go, Lord, here I am. Here am I, God. I need you. I'm empty-handed. I've nothing in and of myself. And I do believe that there's a the fullness of what God wants to bring out of you. You'll see released. Because you're humbling yourself, you're praying, you're seeking God, you're laying your life down. He says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive sin, and I'll heal the land. So there's a real release of salvation, of healing, of hearing God because you're in that place of hearing Him. And guys, it doesn't matter if you're weak in the church. I remember downstairs we were in the prayer meeting. There was people only coming in two or three weeks. They were having visions. They were speaking out the things of God. Sometimes we can exclude ourselves. But God doesn't exclude you. He's, he wants to speak to all of us. He wants to reveal himself to each one of us. And he does reveal himself to each one of us. Each one of us. There's a scripture that came to me. It's in Isaiah 60. I'm going to finish on this. I don't know if the worship team is here. If it's not, it's okay. Um, I'm going to give an altar call. And it's trading things in. The word that came to you was trade your ashes in for beauty. 
Wear forgiveness like a crown. God wants to take hurts, pain, grief. He wants to do an exchange with you. So guys, you'll just ask you to stand. And if any is struggling in any way, shape or form, come forward and we'll, we'll pray for you. Because we're all one. None of us are any different. We all go through different things in our walk. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, O God. Praise you, O God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, O God. Praise you, O God. Praise you, Lord. It's the ladies. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, Yeah, we'll just, just whatever you feel, girls, just to go back into. We just want to say something even over Erica. And I uh, just want to thank, just, and Naomi, and the whole lot of you, but specifically the girls, I was thinking of them yesterday and, even when I started out in the church in Dolphins Farm, we used to do the youth, we used to do the kids. and They're just an example of faithfulness. And I was thinking of you yesterday, and I was thinking, um, I was thinking of Africa. I was thinking there's things in your heart that God has put in your heart. And even at times, disappointment has come. And, but I've just seen a clock, and I've seen a specific time. You know, and um, and, fa- and just even that, like just this, what's coming to you? Delight yourself in the Lord, Father. I just thank you for our Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything that you've put in our Father, and Lord, we bless our O oh God. We bless our Father. We bless Naomi, Lord. We bless them, O oh God. Femi, O oh God. Alana, Lord. Glory, O oh God. We bless them, Lord. We thank you for them, Lord God. We praise you, O God. We honor you, Lord. We magnify your name, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name, O God. We praise your holy name, O God. And I just speak over this meeting, O God. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I speak that over every person. I speak it over you today. Let the fullness, Lord, of what you want to do in this place, O God, be released on the meeting, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, O God. Praise your holy name, Lord. Praise your holy name, O God. Just start thanking him, guys. Honor him. Glorify him. Magnify him. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name, O God.